two, one. Hello and welcome everyone to the No Outlet Podcast. And folks, we have another amazing guest on tonight's show. As you all know, I have great respect for people who follow their passion. I think it's the most important thing. And I also, having been a parent myself, have great respect for parents who are able to balance what they need to do in order to stay sane in the world we live in while making sure that their child or children is always looked after and cared for. And our guest tonight has done that amazingly well. She is a writer. She is a photographer. Uh, she's published her own book. She's been published in Field and Stream, as well as many other publications. She runs an amazing blog, and uh, she has expertly written and done collaborations with Jack Wolfskin, Womb Bikes, KOA, Mini Shades, Club Swimwear. I could go on and on. But if you're looking for motivation or a role model for how to stay busy, uh, well, you're listening to the right episode tonight. So without any further delay, please give a warm, no outlet welcome to Lindsay LaPointe from the Freelance Adventurer. Hey, Lindsay. <laughs> Thank you. How are you? I'm good. Excellent. So we're going to play a game called 20 Questions, and yeah. it always starts in the exact same place, and that's with question number one. So uh, based on your time spent hiking in the woods and in nature in general, can you confirm the existence of either woodland gnomes and or Bigfoot? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I would wish I could. <laughs> But I will tell you, my time as a hiking guide for the Appalachian Mountain Club, the stories I'd hear from a lot of my fellow guides, just like weird stuff in the woods, weird sounds, whether it's like ghosts in the huts or um, like, I don't know about the woodland gnomes, but a lot of like, you know, possible Bigfoot things are so cool to me. And I, I'm always like, oh, I wish, like, I had those stories. And then I'm like, no, I don't, because that sounds terrifying. <laughs> but um, the I, I've, like, sat around the campfire with so many, like, friends that I'm like, oh, my God, they would never lie about this. And some of these stories are just wild. So um, I think there are things in the woods we don't know about. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, keep looking. And if you do find existence <laughs> or some kind of proof, just let us know. Okay. All right. Uh, next question. So let myself, the audience here listening in the studio and the, those folks at home, uh, tell us how you became so interested in, you know, outdoor life in general, hiking. What are the origins of your blogs and, and, and your Instagram pages? I mean, you've done a really nice <laughs> job. Like, how, where'd that come from? I came from an outdoorsy family. My parents, were public school teachers and they had the summers off. And so I think it was almost like the most affordable option for us to just have our vacation sure. time revolve around being outside. So we weren't like, you know, climbing up mountains and stuff, but we'd go for walks and nature parks. We'd mm -hmm. go camping at the state campgrounds. Uh, my mom got some kayaks kind of before it was like a mainstream thing. And so I grew up around that. And then like, I didn't really do it again until I came out to New Hampshire, so I'm from the West Coast of, uh, originally, okay. um, and I was trying to, like, get residency to go to University of Southern Maine, and I needed a job, and I took a job as, like, a hiking guide, and then I cool. just, 
fell in love with New Hampshire because it's for Appalachian Mountain Club and the hiking here is so different from the West. Um, there's pros and cons to both, but for some reason, like the whites and New Hampshire really click with me. And like, if you, if you've seen my, my Instagram freelance adventure, like it's, there's so much love for New Hampshire hiking and it's totally genuine, you know, like I'm just like massively into it. So it's, it's been in my blood, but the really kind of hardcore backpacking, spending many days outside that came from moving to New Hampshire. I love it. I was born in Brent, yeah. I'm sure it's a great state to <laughs> live there. Um, so real quick question on that. Were you in the hiking mode in New Hampshire before or after the man on the mountain fell apart? After. I never saw it. Oh, I man. never saw it except for on the license plate. Yeah, major bummer. Yeah. Well, it's always going to be on the license plate, so that's fine. Yeah. You, get, you get the <laughs> and idea. And all of the state signs, Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I was looking into your work, uh, and one thing that became instantly clear uh, is that your love and devotion for your children shines through everything. And my oh, first thing, yeah, absolutely. And my first thought was, wow, these kids are so lucky. They're going to grow up loving hiking and <laughs> nature. But then I realized, you know, because I've had kids too, they're older now, in their 20s, that, you know, young children often don't have you know, uh, similar ideas to what's fun. And they sometimes have their own <laughs> ideas on what is fun and enjoyable. So just because mom likes something doesn't necessarily mean the kids will like it. So I guess my question to you is, do your children at this young age seem to enjoy hikes as much as you do? Um, yes and no. So they are uh, four and six. Okay. And they have been like in a hiking pack or outside like, you know, every week at least for their entire life, you know, it's what we do. And some people will be like, well, how, how do you get them to want to go hiking? But at the moment, it it's kind of like telling to them, okay, well, we're going to go to the grocery store and then we're going to go for a hike. And, you know, it's like, is this something we, we do on weekends? Right. I think it's totally normal to assume when they're teens or something, they'll look around and be like, hey, my friends are playing on their xbox on the weekends and you're taking me here like i just don't want to go and and i think i'll be able to respect that um so, at the moment they really like it i i think i they seem into it and um you know i try to keep it in limits of of things that that work for them we do this little trail um in barrington new hampshire a lot called the winnie the pooh trail it's not sure. my favorite trail but it's theirs and so i'm like hey like I'll, I'll listen to the trails they want to do. And, um, and that way we all are outside together. That's fair. It's healthy. It's balanced. <laughs> and the fact that you're already planning, like, okay, when, when this kid is 13 or 14, they might not want to do yeah. this as a first option. That's, that's half the battle. So enjoy it while you can. All right. Next question. Yeah. Your writing really tells uh, the story. And I recommend everybody listening Go check it out. If you've got any interest in the outdoors, go look at her blogs, and we'll get to where to find those at the end. But um, there is one thing that's abundantly clear, and you've traveled so many places. Um, you know, I saw one of your videos that was like wild horses galloping in Iceland, and you know, <laughs> yeah. it, it's really, truly an impressive list of destinations, and it's probably, you know, part of many people, their bucket list. And of all those places, so this is going to be a tough question, I'll tell you right now. Oh. Of all those places that you've been, if you could recommend one place, you're not calling it the best, but you could recommend one place for everyone listening to go to, what would that place be? 
Oh my god. Um. Well, we all like different things, right? Like, so I'm gonna. I just say, like, what I like is not what everyone likes. Like, <laughs> my best friend that I travel with a lot, and she's been to a lot of these places. She knows that I'm gonna probably pick some place that's an island that's cold and remote <laughs> and has a lot of wildlife. So like Iceland is, you know, a dream place for me. And absolutely like that was actually the story behind Iceland is I wanted to go there for so long mm -hmm. that when my husband was like, we, you know, let's have kids. And I said, well, I have one request. I need to go to Iceland first before we try to have kids. <laughs> um, and so I went to Iceland <laughs> and, and, you know, spent a couple of weeks there and it was amazing. And, um, I totally recommend it. So my favorite places are like Iceland, Newfoundland, Canada is so remote and amazing wildlife and, and um, New Zealand, similar. Like there's these, you know, Ireland, I like the island, sure. uh, British Columbia, Canada. Um, but, you know, for other people, it would be somewhere more tropical and warm. So I guess if, if Iceland, absolutely. If, if you're on the same wavelength as I am, Iceland would be Number one, number two, number three. It's amazing. Wow. Yeah. We just, a couple of our good friends uh, just celebrated their, they got re, I don't I forget what they did, either re-engaged or renewed their vows like 20 years or something. And they went to Iceland and they rented a car and drove around. I think yeah. this is right. You can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it's small enough that you can drive around it in a week, right? Yeah, you can. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's what they did. They'd like drive, stop for a day, you know, do some walks and they kept going. So, and they, and they just... Absolutely loved it, and I've heard nothing but good things. Got to get there. The ring road goes around the edge. And one, one thing that's really cool about Iceland is that you can do this drive, and it's really accessible to see, like, um, you know, amazing waterfalls and little peaks and puffins on cliffs without being a hardcore hiker. So I went with two girlfriends, and one of them isn't a hiker at all. You know, I am. Mm -hmm. But she, she got to you know, access pretty much everything. And if I wanted to be like, hey, I'm going to go for a three-hour hike to go down this canyon just to see what's down there. And she'd be like, okay. And she'd listen to a book on tape, you know, in the car. But pretty much she saw every single site that we did. So it's really accessible um, to see amazing nature without having to be like, you know, hiking in for three days to right. some peak or something. So it's open to everybody. I love that. That's great. Yeah, it really is. And super friendly nation as well. Yeah, which is important. I've heard the same. Um, we could we could take some lessons in that department, I think. Um, <laughs> next question: How many national parks have you been to? I don't know. That's a really good uh, question, and I I should have thought you'd ask that. I I don't know, and there's like you know the list of after adulthood. Like I said, my. My parents were teachers, and we spent a lot of time going to them as kids. So we did, you know, most of the Oregon is where I grew up. But my a lot of my family is in California, so we did most of the California ones, the Oregon ones, the Washington State ones, uh, you know, the Yellowstone, Grand mm -hmm. Teton, um, and then since adulthood, I've done, you know, Acadia. Yeah. Um, uh, this past summer, I was supposed to go to Sedona for hiking, but they had fires. So instead, I went uh, to Florida, which wouldn't have been my normal pick because it's not cold. Right. <laughs> um, and because but it's my Florida. friend was like, uh, yeah, 
So we went to the three national parks there and they were amazing. And now I just, I'm like, I want to go back. I want to take my kids out to dry Tortugas, which is this island. You have to take a ferry out to an Everglades, talk about wildlife. You know, it was, it was really special. So I don't know. I would guess uh, 20 maybe wow. would be my, my guess, but I, I should have a list. That's cool. You know, and it's funny. You, I love any time that, you know, you end up doing something that wasn't the plan, but it ends up being mm. in some ways even more of kind of an enlightening and magical experience. I love stuff like that. That's cool. Yeah. And we thought we'd just be maybe kind of chilling on the beach or something. And instead, like every day we were busy, you know, it's like, oh my God, I have to go snorkeling again. And, and yeah. I had forgotten how much I loved snorkeling. And so we did that for a couple of days. And um, there's hiking trails through the Everglades and we went kayaking two days. It was just, it was really cool. I highly recommend kind of the Keys as a Florida destination. Fun. What is the, uh, what's the next trip? Well, so it was supposed to be this island um, in the Atlantic this summer called the Azores. Sure. Or a set of islands. Yeah. And um, that was our 2020 plan. And then it got canceled when they closed European travel. Of course. And so it was supposed to be it again this year. Um, but the flights jumped like astronomically in oh price. Oh my God, it's crazy. Um, and my friend I travel with, she is from she lives in Los Angeles, California, so it would be even further for her. So we canceled that and it's another kind of like, well, let's see what we can get. So we're actually gonna hang out in South Carolina for a week. That's Sweet. kind of my getaway from my kids trip. And then I'm going to the Pacific Northwest where I'm from for like twenty days. So oh. I'm planning on doing a lot of hiking, um, camping and some backpacking. But I'll have my kids with me for most of that time. Awesome. Love that. That's yeah. Great. Um okay. What has had, this is a serious question, what has had a more detrimental impact on our society, the snooze button or the Kardashians? <laughs> I, um, guilty pleasure, I really enjoy the Kardashians. Oh, <laughs> look out. Okay. Um, if, you, if you see, like, I just find them hugely entertaining. And so um, I don't feel I've been harmed by the Kardashians. <laughs> they provide me much-needed uh, like zone out relief. Like I remember this is going to date me, but I used to get like keeping up with the Kardashians on disc from oh, Netflix, yeah, you know, sure. so I could keep up with the Kardashians. Um, and if you look at my like Instagram, I always use their audios just because I find them amazingly entertaining. So we'll go snooze button because that thing, like the, the sound will be like burned into my memory when I'm senile. I'll still know what that means. <laughs> You're hanging on to the sound of that snooze button. Yeah, oh it will. Goodness. I'll forget the names of my family members, right. but that I will remember. Oh, isn't that funny? All right, what yeah, is? Funny so question. let's say that you are on an overnight hike, right? Um, yes. What's your favorite meal to cook when you're on an overnight hike? Easy. It's called loaded mac and cheese. So you get a box of you know Kraft or Annie's mac and cheese. And then you bring in a giant kielbasa, which don't really go bad. You cut it up and put that in there. And then if you want to little, be a little healthy, you, know, you can put some peas or some broccoli and, right. and stuff in that. But like loaded mac in the backcountry is the best because it's easy to make. And it's so like sticks to your ribs. So good. Yeah. And after walking all day, you can indulge a little bit and treat yourself. Yeah. And you have one of those little camp stoves. I have a little camp stove. So I'll, I'll make that. Oh, so good. Nice. All right, so this is a favorite question of mine, and I try to ask it anytime that it's applicable. And I feel like you may be one of the better 
uh, people to ask this of because of all the time that you spent outdoors. So um, in all your travels in the woods and here and there and Iceland and everywhere, how many UFOs have you seen? I wish I could tell you. Yes. It's that, it's that thing where like everybody else has the cool stories and I don't. Um, so none, but I am like an astronomy nut. Like I teach astronomy is one of the things. And I just, I am obsessed with like thinking of what's out there Mm -hmm. and to quote like my favorite movie, which is contact. Do you remember that like Jodie Foster movie? Amazing movie. From way back. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she says, um, let's see if I can get it right. It's like, if we're alone, then it's a horrible waste of space. And I just, I think that's so true. Absolutely. And so it's, I'm sure there's stuff out there because otherwise it's a horrible waste of space. And I'm hoping that someday I'll have some kind of cool experience with either the woodland gnomes, the Sasquatch, or the UFOs. <laughs> All right. So since I asked you, I feel like it's only fair that I, I tell you. So I, I've only seen one UFO in my entire Ooh. life. I'm a, I'm a firm believer. I don't know. So I, it was last summer uh, and my sister was with me. So she was a witness. Um, and it was this big triangle with, with lights around the outside that it was almost like the minute that I saw it and I pointed it out to her and she saw it, it was almost like then it just, you could see it like vaporize. And I still at night or during the day. <clears throat> oh, at night, at night. And it was definitely not like you could tell by the, the size and the, and the speed and the perception of where it was. It wasn't like, you know, a satellite or anything like that. I, yeah. I, I and here's the thing. I, I'm not, sh- I'm equally convinced that that could be some like top secret defense weapon. Yes. Um, right. You know, or, or, or it could be Alpha Centauri coming to say hi. Yes. You know, or somewhere in between. Well, the, the military thing too, like I'm convinced there's a million things of those that we have no idea about as well. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's for sure. That's for sure. Um, all right. What is the closest that you've come uh, in your hikes to an animal that could do some damage to you? Like, I'm not talking about like a chipmunk or, or even like a rat, yeah. but, but like, have you ever come across an animal like, Oh geez, this thing could, this thing could really take, take a number on me. I have had close contacts here in Northern New England with bear, but they were not scary because the black bear, it was in Maine. And I guess I've had in New Hampshire as well, are really skittish and frightful. So the first time was um, with a group that I was leading and my co-lead, who's one of the guys that has all the really cool, like Sasquatch type stories, by the way, Mm -hmm. um, he just like grabbed our pot and started banging it. And there was two bear and they ran away. Um, And so from then on, I just took his lead and anytime I've had seen bears. So like I'm, people will say, Oh, bring the bear spray. And like, be scared of the bears in New Hampshire. I'm like, no, I'm not scared of bears in New Hampshire. Now Alaska or something, that's a whole different story. But the scariest wildlife encounter was on Newfoundland, which is an island off the coast of Canada. It's like one of their provinces. And they have a like invasive moose problem there. So the moose aren't native to there and they were introduced, but then there's no natural predators. So I was hiking and like a family comes running down the trail screaming and I was like what are they saying and they were screaming angry moose angry moose and so like I 
dove off the trail and like into the shrub and this moose just charged down the trail and it was like the most terrifying thing so wow. i'm not <laughs> people will be like bears i'm like no 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 it's the moose i'm just yeah. like the scary moose um so that like being trampled by a moose would be my closest like scary animal encounter yeah and i love the way that they were you know nice enough to give a descriptive you know, like <laughs> yeah. An angry yeah moose. like not just a moose like this guy is pissed <laughs> right right but right. i mean they're not like get out your camera right Exactly. No selfies. This is not a selfie no. opportunity. Yeah. No. And and the thing with with moose. I mean, if you hit a deer, it's terrible, and you can do some damage to your car. If you hit a moose, you're gonna yeah. total your car, and you're probably gonna get yeah. really hurt. Like those things are massive, and they. So and they, when you know they you, go, they're gonna go forward. When you go go on this island, like the you know the guidebooks say. Do not drive at dawn and dusk because they have so many moose car collisions. And so we get off the ferry and it's midday. My friends are like, let's go for a hike. I was like, as long as we get to our destination before dusk. And then the hike turned out to be way harder than we thought. And we get back to the car and I was like, gosh, darn it, guys, it's dusk. And I was like white knuckled driving to the campground. We didn't see one on that day. But like the next day hiking, there was angry moose going down the trail. Wow. Yeah, got to be careful, guys. Everybody out there, be, yeah. be aware, head on a swivel. All right, so <laughs> let's say that there is a person based in New England, and they're not a hiker, okay, and they've never really mm. been a hiker, but they're thinking about slowly getting into the pastime of hiking. They're not going to go up on a mountain. They're not looking for angry moose, but they want to get out there, <clears throat> and they want to do something in New England. Uh, what's the, 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 the hike that you would give them that's, you know, visually appealing, not too challenging, but has got a little bit of a, an edge to it so that they feel like they've accomplished something when they're done. Well, they should purchase my book, which is Seacoast Hikes and Nature Walks, Volume 1. Yay! I and love they- it. A natural plug. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, they should, if they're a waterfall person, they should do Gonic Trails, okay. which is like five minutes from my house. And it's a little over a mile and um, there's like a little ups and downs, but generally a pretty, uh, you know, easy trail, not easy. Like I would say not stroller friendly kind of trail because there's roots and some rocks, but it goes down to a really beautiful waterfall and swimming hole and then kind of loops back through some, some beautiful forests. And if they're more of a, like, I want to view kind of thing that Stonehouse Pond, which is in Barrington, New Hampshire, is in my um, book as well. And it goes up to a cliff that overlooks a beautiful remote pond. And um, it's just a, it's a great hike because you get a little bit of elevation. You, you know, kind of feel that huffing and puffing, but it's, it's something like, I always say like, if I can bring my dad who has like had four knee surgeries and is in his seventies, he can do Stonehouse Pond, yep. you know? Um, so uh, those two are, are really great ones that I bring, you know, visitors who come. I love it. Great suggestions. Okay, so we talked about the mac and cheese for a dinner. <laughs> How about just like you're going out for maybe, you know, uh, you're not going to be staying overnight, but you, you're you going to be out all day. So you want to bring a snack of some kind. What's your favorite snack to bring on the trail? Um, I bring a guilty pleasure snack that I never eat otherwise, which is a Snickers bar. Because a Snickers oh. bar is just packed with calories. It's kind of like a granola bar, if you think, you know, there's the, the nuts and the chocolate and stuff. And yep. I don't crave Snickers bars, like, 
when I'm going to the movies or, you know, going out, I don't know, for the day or whatever. But I love if I have a big hike, I stop at the gas station by a Snickers bar because it's just so satisfying to you get to the top of a peak or something. So satisfying, just like the commercial you just bought right in. So <laughs> <I> know. <laughs> you know what's interesting is so Matt, I don't know if you know who Matt Frazier is. Matt Frazier was like the world CrossFit champion like five years in a row. He's from Vermont. Okay. Uh, I think he still lives. Okay. He might he might have moved down to North Carolina, but he's from Vermont. Anyway, he he was asked, "What is your favorite recovery meal?" And it's a Snickers and a Coke, believe it or not. And he said, "Oh, they, those are great together. They, Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, they certainly are. It's good to do the hike and then have the Snickers and Coke, not just like stay sedentary and do the Snickers and Coke. But if you're doing a CrossFit or you're doing a hike." You deserve it. You deserve both of those things. Well, I don't really crave like the Snickers bar. Like I'm more of like a like out. You know, if I'm just at home, I'll grab I don't know M and M's or something. But sure. I I like something about it's just like you just you know huffed and puffed up a mountain. You want some calories. You want something you know, I don't know really sweet, and, but also have like the nuts and the protein. It's just like I don't know. That's really the only time I eat them, and it feels so good. I love it. All right, so let's talk about music. What's your favorite type of music? So I listen to pretty much everything. I will say so my Pandora station is probably something that um, most people don't listen to. My favorite Pandora station is contemporary folk radio. And it's like a lot of female singer-songwriters. Yeah, like... um, I don't know. It's just like a great mix. Sometimes I'm looking to like Irish folk music on there and other times it's like Brad Paisley, you know, it's just like a, it's kind of like a mix of music. And I, I'm not one that really follows like a lot of artists. Um, Mm -hmm. My husband's super hardcore into music and like all different types. And he will, he will drag me to um, concerts. We went to see Aurora in New York city a couple of months ago. Yeah. Um, and I, I will happily go. I love music, but like, it's not something that like, I don't follow artists and things, but contemporary sure. folk radio on Pandora is lovely. Yeah. Pandora's got <laughs> their super algor- chill music. Yeah. They've got their algorithm like <laughs> dialed in and I love it because, um, you know, you could pick like the clash radio or any, any band and you'll hear the stuff yes. that you're expecting to hear. And then they'll just kind of take a little bit of a detour and I found so many new artists and songs that I would never have heard about otherwise without Pandora. Yeah. And I, and I think that it's done a really good job in that way. It's helped artists that wouldn't get, you know, uh, anybody's ear to get their ear. So nice job, Pandora. I would say if, if, if it's a female singer-songwriter, like Alison Krauss, Jillian Welch, Sarah Bareilles, oh, yeah. like that are just like kind of sweet and make me think, then I'm totally for it. Love it. Uh, okay, so with all these hikes, um, obviously, you know, it's like you can't just magically appear at these hikes. You got to drive there, right? Um, yeah. So you've spent a lot of time driving all over the place. And so you've experienced a lot of different types of drivers. You've experienced a lot of types of driving. So with all that as the backdrop, what is the most annoying driving habit that you've seen? Uh, I can give you a multiple choice if you want. Gators. Yeah, okay. give me some multiple choices because I'll be like, oh, yeah, that. that. All right. So I'm going to give you three. So three are tailgating, which I think you just said. Um, mm, yeah, that's really annoying. Super annoying. Staying in the 
passing lane when you're not passing mm. folks, not good, or texting and driving? Um, I mean, I assume everybody's just texting and driving. That's just the norm <laughs> these days. That's and just, some people do it better than others. I know it's true. like the awful to say, but everybody's doing it. Um, the tailgating. <laughs> the tailgating is so annoying. I, it really stresses me out. And like, I'm kind of the lead foot too. So if you're tailgating me, like I'm concerned. Like I, I find it threatening. I'm kind of that person that like, if it's really getting to me, I'll do that thing where I kind of like pull over and let you yeah. pass me just because it's wor- not worth the stress. For me, totally. like even on my commute, like I'm, I'm like I'm going ten over, and you're still right on me. So oh, yeah. it's like almost like a scary behavior for me to to feel that. I have to agree. But I mean, all I, three are awful. All three are <laughs> awful, but I think you've got the right one pegged as the worst because even though staying in the passing lane is in fact annoying, it's not. Yes. A, it's not necessarily putting you in immediate harm's way. In other words. You can just go into a different lane and get away from that person. But if somebody's on yeah. you, especially if you're going kind of faster, uh, it doesn't take much of a false stop. And the next thing you know, you've got two cars meeting together. Um, so, at, 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 I'm at, terrified of car accidents. It's like my number one fear. And the yep. scariest thing for me is like on my commute. I, it's like one of these, like, you know, it's like Route 125, you know, so it's like oh my God. kind of a highway, but there's all these businesses. You you know the road. Very well. And so um, it's the turning left because I know someone probably behind me is texting <laughs> and they're not going to expect me to like suddenly stop or right. they'll see me turn, but the guy behind them won't. You know, because there's businesses on both sides. And I used to have to turn left on this road every day to take my kids to daycare on the way to work. And it just was like, I'd come home and say, I can't go that way. I started like going five minutes out of my way just to do it at a light because it's the the coming up right behind me. I'm like, they're not going to see me. I'm going to turn. They're going to smash into me. And so, yes. True fears. Thanks for unlocking it. Yeah. (laughs) You got it. Anytime. Um, Okay. So earlier you talked about your guilty pleasure of the Kardashians. Uh, Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. So my question (laughs) is, what is right now, today, what is your favorite TV show? Um, Julia on HBO Max. Oh, very cool. So I don't watch a ton of TV. I spend a lot of time on social media, which is probably obvious. So my like downtime is like Instagram, TikTok, that sort of thing. Sure. But I started watching Julia, which is about Julia Child. And I'm not even into Julia Child, but this show is amazing. And they just said that they're going to do a second season. So I'm so excited. Oh, awesome. And it's almost like frustrating because like HBO Max, like, I don't know if your listeners will probably know, probably, but like, it's it's not like Netflix where they release them all. You have to wait every week. It's like going back to the nineties. You know, you have to wait it's a time for your episode yeah. to come out. I know. And so I'm like, Oh, every Thursday I'm like, okay, Julia. And it's, I didn't realize that she like got her started on her show in Boston. So there's all these new England connections that I'm, I'm really enjoying as well. Yeah. No, Cambridge, I think was her original where she was living. Yeah. So cool. Yeah. It's so good. The show is so well done. So two quick comments. First of all, uh, I love the fact that HBO max doesn't, put them all out because <laughs> I've got something to look forward to every week with a couple of my shows. I, that's true. That is true. <laughs> Otherwise it'd be gone in the weekend. Um, but then also TikTok. So real quick, I was so anti TikTok about two years mm-hmm. ago 
And <laughs> I have to tell you, I am I have been won over by TikTok, and it it's all about how you dial it in. Um, yeah, it, it is. You get served up some stuff that you don't want, but it they're all relatively bite sized. You can you can dial it in pretty good, and I think that of all the social media platforms, I think it might be my favorite one. I think it might. That's awesome. Yeah, because it's not as it's many one of those ads. pandemic things. We all got into it. Like, yeah. Okay. I guess I'm doing this now. Um, okay, so Mount Rushmore. Mount Rushmore is this mountain, and it's got you know four uh, ex presidents up there. And I like to ask questions in the form of, hey, what is your Mount Rushmore of fill in the blank? So for you, I'm going to ask you, what is your Mount Rushmore of, I originally had New England hikes, but I crossed it out and I said, what is your Mount Rushmore of hikes? So you got to pick four, basically. Okay, of hikes. Okay, well, we'll start and with New again. Hampshire. Let's, let's back it up. And first thing you got to do, everybody go buy the book and you should read what her favorite hikes are. That's Yes. Yeah. Well, my book focuses on the seacoast, which is this very little, you know, coastal area of New Hampshire. So I'll put one in there. I will start with the White Mountains of New Hampshire. So the White Mountains of New Hampshire have this list of peaks called the 48 4,000 footers. And um, so all the peaks in New Hampshire are over 4,000 feet. And it's well known to the hikers in the region. And they're challenging hikes. And, and for West Coasters that are like, oh, the 14,000 footers, those are such tiny mountains. You should come out here and try it because they'll kick your butt. They're way, way hard. Um, but so I have a favorite 4,000 footer, um, and that is Mount Pierce, okay, um, which is in the White Mountains. And um, it, you take this hike or the trail called the Crawford Path. And I'm I think I'm quoting this right, that the Crawford Path is the oldest continuously hiked trail in uh, America wow. or in the United States. Um, so that the history of that is really cool. That's cool. Um, and it's considered one of the easier 4,000 footers, but it's still a challenging hike. But the view is really beautiful because you can see kind of the other, what we'd say, presidential mountains, um, mm-hmm. Eisenhower and uh, Mount Washington and so on. And sure. I love to hike it in winter and it's just absolutely beautiful. So that is one of my favorite hikes. I've done, you know, I've done that 4,000 footer Mount Pierce more times than I can count, at least 15, maybe more times. It's just like, I'm like, what do I want to do? Mount Pierce is what I'm going to go do. Wow. So that hike is really awesome. Um, here on the sea coast, um, probably... Probably that little Gonic Trail yep. waterfall by my house because it's one of the ones I do the most. I just feel good doing it. It's, you know, like I said, about a mile and a half, and it's just enough to, like, you know, get out into the woods, and I don't have to drive super far, and it's a waterfall. So who doesn't like that, you know? Totally. Um, and then um, if I was going to do the rest, I, I think um, this is so hard. And, but but so but so awesome. Um, hmm. Out in Oregon, um, yeah. I grew up uh, uh, in Portland, but we'd go to the Oregon coast a lot. And there's um, a park called Ecola State Park. Mm-hmm. And um, if you've seen the Goonies, you've seen this beach because it has like the big rocks coming and, out and of the, the way, water. If you haven't seen the Goonies, you <laughs> are un-American. 
Right, right, exactly. Like everyone's seen the good news. So yeah, so Ecola State Park has amazing hiking, very easy hiking, but like this kind of awesome um, coastline. And I just get warm fuzzies and like this childhood nostalgia when I go there. Um, so I would say Ecola State Park is, is an amazing place to hike. And then also in Oregon for my childhood is um, Silver Falls State Park. And there's a trail, I hope I quote this right, it's like Trail of 13 Falls or maybe it's 11, but you just like pass by all these amazing waterfalls. And, um, you know, New Hampshire has great waterfalls, but this is like next level. Like you're walking behind the waterfalls and feeling the spray and stuff like that. So uh, Silver Falls State Park, so that's four. I need a fifth one. Um, no, no, that that's it. You got four. That's the oh, one. that's four. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Great. Yep. I didn't go Perfect. international, but those, but I would say like those those are all pretty amazing. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, what are your thoughts on the power of hiking as a form of therapy? I think um, it's transformative. Yeah. I think it can be just really, really amazing. Um, if you have the right mindset for it, like I think, you know, cause I would guide trips with people and sometimes people finish that hike, um, you know, especially multi-day treks and they're like, no, this was like trauma. You know, it was like their body is bruised. The bugs were awful. And they're like, I never want to do this again. And it, but, uh, I've also seen people come through and it's like my mind was able to process things I haven't been able to think about and I I kind of got through that or I I now realize what I'm capable of that I've pushed myself further um and sometimes it's like the bonding of the people you're with um so I think like for me um I'm first of all a huge proponent of therapy I take advantage of therapy especially after having kids just processing feelings but sometimes like going out on a hike alone for me is way better therapy because my mind's just so busy I go on the hike and sometimes people say it clears their head it's not like it even clears their head my head it's like you have all this messy laundry and when I go for a hike because I have no distraction except for nature it's like folding the laundry I don't know like it's like I kind of kind of process through and put it away and say like okay I can deal with that and sometimes I get this really great creative ideas plus the endorphins Mm -hmm. and the you know the sunshine and stuff it just feels so good so um, yeah, I could talk about that forever. I think it really can be if you're the per- kind of person who could experience that. For other people, like a good massage would be a better choice, right? right? <laughs> but um, for, yeah. for I, I have seen people have transformative experiences with hiking um, and take it up and not even realize what it's going to do for their mental health. Yeah. So no, it's I love pretty that. great. Um, you know, and I think whether it's hiking or it's any other type of uh, you know, kind of somewhat repetitious physical activity. It's almost like a form of meditation where you're like, all you're focused on is doing, you know, one foot in front of the other, or you're pedaling a bike or you're doing something. It's like, and that allows you to shut off the part of your brain that is so distracted with all of the nonsense that even sometimes that, that folding of the laundry that you're talking about, I feel Mm -hmm. like that happens subconsciously without even like, yeah, churning through stuff and you're and you're figuring it out and like answers are popping into your head without you even like trying to figure it out. It just kind of happens. And I think that's because you're able to separate, you know, the noisy brain and the 
uh, quiet brain. Um, but what do I know? I mean, <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here. No, I, I think, I, no, I think you're onto something. Cause like I do, I like, I have a friend that she doesn't like hiking, but she's a big crossfitter and like, yeah. you know, it, it gives her this, like that mental health boost. Like if she doesn't do crossfit, like she's, she's so miserable and, and, um, has like massive anxiety. And like my husband is, um, a cyclist. So for him, it's the biking and, and stuff yeah. like that. But when I go on the bike, like, and I'll do the bike for exercise, but like, it doesn't give me the same experience. Like I'm, I'm kind of like, if I'm outside, I'm stressed about the traffic. If I'm inside, I'm watching, you know, Julia. Right, <laughs> on TV right. while I'm so like, I think for every single person, it's, it's going to be a different thing, but I know for hiking for me and I've seen for many others, it's just amazing for mental health. Love it. Um, all right. We are down to the final two questions. And the last question is cool. going to be the easiest one. <laughs> um, for sure. Uh, so second to last question is this, it's you, uh, the ubiquitous deserted Island question, except this one's a little bit different. So you're <laughs> stranded on an Island. And the weird thing about this Island is that there's actually a mountain on there. There's one mountain. Um, and so you get to pick one mountain, you get to pick one tent. Okay. And then you get, I was going to ask you one food, but I didn't know the answer to that. So one mountain, one tent and one flashlight. Mm. like brand you're talking about uh yeah or you can take that any way you want you want to talk about a brand fine you want to talk about like a type that has like you know a 27 tool flashlight or whatever <laughs> that's, that's fine too all righty um one mountain I've, i like hike so many and like i don't want to repeat my same thing but mount pierce is like my happy place so i guess i'll go with mount pierce again okay um and which is new hampshire it also has a tent site up there so you can hike up and and tent at nomin tent site on mount pierce which is pretty cool nice um and uh i'll go flashlight next uh my black diamond headlamp that's hot pink yeah. is my go-to flashlight um and a tent so i like you said i, I write for field and stream magazine and I've had like the same couple tents for the past few years, but this year I got to review, I, I do gear reviews for them. Okay. And so I got to review like 20 tents. So Whoa. my basement's full of tents right now. I know it's like, it's the I don't think I've ever stayed in a tent 20 times. <laughs> no, I know. And I'm like, I'm going to even do more this summer. I have to do like some more reviews on tents. I'm the tent lady now. So I have tents <laughs> on the brain. But, um, like, it really depends. So, like, if you're asking, like, an expert on tents about tents, and it's like, well, what do you want to do with that tent? You know, like, <laughs> is it a family tent? Is it a backpack? Are you tenting right, right. in the rain? Um, and so uh, I have, like, my, my go-to backpacking tent is this little mountain hardware two-person backpacking tent that I've had for a long time. And it actually, like, was so old that the seams all split this summer. And I will give mountain hardware a total plug, but, like, not sponsored, but they like replaced it. Wow. So I just like the regular customer service line. I said, Hey, the, the steam came out and they're like, great, we'll send you a new one. And they sent me like brand new, like $500 wow. backpacking tent. I can't believe it. I was like, no, you didn't have to do that. Like, <laughs> So, um, yeah, my little mountain hardware, it's a two person backpacking tent, but it's within backpacking. That's really just like a one and a half person, you know, right. it's like it's me and my dog or if it's me, and my backpack. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good. That's not a very exciting answer. <laughs> you and a very close friend. Um, 
Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, and I love the fact that they did that. I mean, that's how you that's how you build brand loyalty. Yeah, you I was know? shocked. I, I couldn't believe it. I I just like, and I was kind of thinking like, oh, maybe I'll go with a different brand for my next tent. And I was, I just was like, oh my god, they they just and this tent was so old too. I, believe it wow all right we are at the last question i promise it was the easiest one and it (laughs) is so uh where can the good folks here in the studio audience those listening at home uh where can they learn more about what you're up to next your instagram handle your tiktok your blogs your whatever where can they find you so my kind of most time is spent on instagram Mm -hmm. and i run two accounts i have my freelance adventurer and that's kind of my main account that's like silly videos about me i story all my adventures my instagram stories i have photo posts um and then i have this very niche account on instagram called seacoast hikes and that's attached to my um book but if you do live in you know maine new hampshire massachusetts or you're going to travel here seacoast hikes is awesome because it's not just the 10 hikes in my book um, I do, especially in the summer, at least weekly Seacoast hikes, and I put all the information you need about that hike. Um, and on TikTok, I'm at Freelance Adventurer also, and on nice. Facebook, The Freelance Adventurer, and I have my blog, The Freelance Adventurer. But Instagram would be the hub for all of it, and I'm I'm on there all the time, and I love my community of Instagram people. Like, I, I've made a lot of, like, in real life friends, which is, if you had asked me, you know, five years ago, that would have sounded super creepy. Yeah, yeah. But, um, like, New Hampshire is not a huge place, and New Hampshire hiking community is not a huge place. And kind of like, there's these communities of, you know, Colorado hikers and Utah hikers, and it's just so big, you know, there's so many people. But New Hampshire is really niched, and like, I feel like I know so many people through Instagram and mm-hmm. have been able to go on hikes, like real life hikes with, with like other moms and, um, and just like people that are way, way more skilled technically than me, but it, it's just it's really, really fun. So I, I love my Instagram account. I know sometimes social media gets a bad rap, but like my friend's adventure account really is like my biggest social outlet for me. It's all in how you use it, just like anything else. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah for sure. Well, if you could see the audience right now, you'd be so <laughs> proud of yourself because they are, they're standing up, they're cheering, they're giving you the wave. They've got these big, huge flags, yep, with mountains on it and different types of tents and Snickers bars and, and they're all excited. <laughs> and I thank wanted you. to thank you so much for being on the show. It's been a pleasure guys. Go check out her stuff. Get outside. It's, this is the best time to live in New Hampshire, I think, uh, or New England in general, because all the snow has gone. It's beautiful out there and, uh, go yeah. get some deep breaths of fresh air. And uh, if you're not really sure where to go, go check out Seacoast Hikes, go check out Freelance Adventure, and there's all kinds of ideas there. So, Lindsay, thank you so much for being on the show, and I hope you have a oh, great Oh, thank night. you, Ethan. All right. Yeah. Take care. Thank you. Bye.